You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This episode of Great Pets is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This is the Great Pets Radio Show with professional dog trainer Brian Kilcommons and Dr. Jim McKiernan of the Great Bay Animal Hospital. The Great Pets Radio Show. Now, here's Brian and Dr. Jim. Good morning and welcome to Great Pets. Our number here is 1-888-441-9876. I'm with my talented and handsome co-host, Dr. Jim McKiernan. With laryngitis, but I'm better today. Yes. Operative word. Well, why do you think I'm being so nice? <laughs> I don't know. It's so unusual. <laughs> the show is early. Yeah, really. Um, lots, lots to talk about today. Again, our number is 888-441-9876. So, where do pets go when they drain? Oh, I can tell you. They go way far, far away. So many people think that their their pet their pet is seizuring because they make these noises, you know, these these flinches. Right. Right. And you see the movements. Yeah. They're dreaming. Yeah. So they're doing a study at MIT. You know, pets like people go through multiple stages of sleep. Um, and most people know what REM is, rapid eye movement, which uh, where most dreaming occurs. And that's a deep, deep, deep sleep. Well, what's interesting, in dogs, research has shown that frequency and length of dreams is linked to their physical size. There's a guy named Stanley Corrin who's written some really good books. He's a psychologist up in uh, Canada and a trainer. Um, so he did some research. For example, Mastiffs and Great Danes might dream every 45 minutes for about five minutes compared to their smaller canine cousins that dream every 10 minutes with episodes lasting about 60 seconds. Which is interesting. The bigger the dog, the longer the dream. That's, yeah, yeah, I can see that. So, what are some of the signs that you can tell your dog or cat is dreaming? You can tell that if they're dreaming by these clues. Whisker twitching, paw tremors, irregular breathing, and in dogs, occasional high-pitched yips. Demonstrated by yours truly here. <laughs> you know, and a lot of people will come in and they'll say, my dog was seizuring the other night. And because it looks like it could be a seizure, you know, there's two types of seizures, Brian. There's these little what we call petite mouths, which is these kind of little twitches yeah. that you see more in people than you do in dogs. And then we have the grand mile seizures, which are these big time seizures that dogs, you know, neck arched back, paddling, the real thing. And the difference is, can you get their attention? So if your dog is going through these dreaming, and you say, Rover, Rover. And Rover turns and looks at you, it's not a seizure. <laughs> Good tip. <laughs> it is. I mean, so, and what do pets dream about? Like us, what our day is like. Except, pointers dream about birds. Dobermans dream about oh, come on. growling at burglars. How do they know this stuff? They have a conversation. Well, I, I think what the dog is attracted to or what it was bred for. It's genetics, for. right? Yeah. You know, a Doberman isn't going to go, I wish I got that partridge. Right. <laughs> or, or, you know, digging that hole in the backyard is really something I need to do. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. So what do your pets dream about? Do you watch your dogs or cats dream? Give us a call at one eight 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 four four one nine eight seven six. Hey, you know, with all the motorcycle people in New Hampshire and Bike Week and all the other stuff, the guys that used to be on, who we had on the show, 
on Rescue Inc. Yeah. I uh, started a fundraiser with a motorcycle ride. Uh, so what they're doing is they're collecting money for a local shelter. Uh, it it is a great idea. Some of the shelters should think about doing something similar up here. Yeah, it would be great. You know, there was a kid recently who walked from. You know, did you hear about this? He walked from Boston to New York City to get front row tickets at the Celtics Lakers game. Did you hear about this guy? And he's a local kid. It's a great story. Actually, I know people who know of him who know him. But um, what a great opportunity to raise money for a, a cause. He actually walked within four days to New York, got his tickets. But the, whenever I talk to people about that story, people always say, well, what did he raise money for? You know, Because you, when you have that opportunity to something like that, you can put money towards a good place. It's, you should do it. Yeah. Hey, I, uh, did you vote? What are you looking at me like that? <laughs> what else are you going to vote for? It's on vacation. Oh, it, well, but you saw the segment. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, I did vote, and I thought the segment was excellent. What you, what Brian is referring to is, well, I'll let you talk about it. Well, Oprah Winfrey has the Oprah Winfrey Network, and she's looking for new talent and yep. new show ideas. So I did a segment on getting the community involved and training volunteers to train shelter dogs. So it's in the running. Um, if you go to Oprah.com and then browse auditions and put my name in, Brian Kill Cummins, K-I-L-C-O-M-M-O-N-S, the video comes up, and then you can vote on it or make a comment about it. So if you're on a computer or if you have other dog-loving friends, please let them know. It would be great if we could do something for the shelter dogs. Yeah, I th- right on, Brian. So it was really nice. Or you can also see it on YouTube. Again, just put Brian Kill Commons in there. In fact, we have some segments that we did on Comcast together up there. Yeah, you got a cute little puppy in your hands too during that segment. But what's your what's your intent to try to take the the all these dogs who don't have homes, train them so that they do have homes? That, we that we can get them. We need to change the way we're housing dogs. You know, we have millions of dogs in the shelter, and a lot of them aren't getting any exercise. There's no mental stimulation, and they're not really learning how to bond to people. And the only way that can happen is people putting their hands on them. And shelters don't have enough money to buy, you know, to hire the staff. And I've done this in five different shelters where I take 60 to 40 people and train them on how to safely handle these dogs and develop relationship with them and teach them better behavior. And adoptions have gone up anywhere from 15 to 20% a year. So the, the kennels are quiet, the dogs are happier, more of them are getting adopted, and now they have a volunteer force that can help people after they adopt the dog to get it, you know, the new owners where if they're having a problem, they don't have to return the dog. They have the behavior resources to really help. So it's a, it's really something that's needed. In fact, I've done it at Cochico Valley. I thought it was great. You've done it at uh, Tampa Bay. You've done it out in, I think, did it in right, Arizona. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, give us a call, 1-888-441-9876, and we're going to be talking about Take Your Dog to Work Day. Should you take your dog to work? And if you do, what do they need to know? Again, give us a call, 888-441-9876. Hey, boy, how you doing? (coughs) What am I doing? (coughs) I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? (coughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know, me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your life book page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. 
No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. <coughs> no, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity, and friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. <coughs> Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here. <coughs> Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're Brian Commons and Dr. Jim McKiernan at Great Pets Live, 888-441-9876. There's an, uh, an organization that was started years ago uh, called Pet Sitters International. Great organization. They train people to take care of people's pets. Um, so and they set professional standards and educate people. Yeah, we call them, we call them critter sitters. Right, but there's all sorts of... Yeah, they're bonded, they're licensed. Right, they, yep. they're the largest organization. Yep. In 1999, they started this thing, Take Your Dog to Work Week. It started out with like 200 businesses. It's now up to, I don't know, 20,000. Anyway, where the people can bring their dogs into work. For a day? For a day. For a day. But a lot of businesses do this anyway. You know, it doesn't make for a better workplace. If the dog's well behaved, I would think so. You know, don't yell. The dog's getting upset. You know, you're a little bit tense. Why don't you go play with the dog? (laughs) (laughs) Instead of that cigarette break, just go walk your dog, will you? Right. So, so I think it makes us better people, and it's great. But you know, with some people. You know, depending on the type of dog. If you have a St. Bernard that's throwing spit 360, it may be a little bit iffy. Also, you know, I love Fluffy. He just humps people because he likes them. Right. You know, sometimes the owners don't really have the behavior down. Well, a lot of times you'll get dogs who, and, and a lot of the, you know, the Staffordshire Terriers are like this where they're wonderful with people, right? Mm-hmm. You can grab their ears, you get tails. I mean, they just love it. But a lot of other dogs, they just, their hackles you go out. I wouldn't put that on one breed. There are a lot of different dogs. If they haven't been socialized, they haven't been trained properly, the owners don't have control, you can have aggression problems. Mm-hmm. You know, I've met a lot of Staffies that would don't have a dirty thought in their head with other dogs. Mm-hmm. And some are difficult with other dogs, so it depends. Mm-hmm. Also, if they're not neutered, it's always a challenge. There you go. So, so well, bring them to you, work. You just showed me that story, talking about neutering and spaying. Um, there's a woman in Canada... Yeah, it's who, interesting. Who's flying dogs up from California for adoption. Yeah, you know, I, there are some people out there in this world who really deserve a lot of credit, and they don't get it. 
I, mean, I love stories about people who do things without looking for the, the, the you know, the limelight, the, the accolades, the, the press. Right. And that, to me, is just a, a sign of real, real, you know, just awesome. Dedication. They're not doing it for themselves. You bet. And so, you know, we in New Hampshire here, as you know, a lot of times we will get dogs. Our shelters will get dogs from Alabama. Right. We get them from Indiana. And it's a, and it's a good deal for us because we're finding homes for these dogs, right? And they're coming to us already neutered, spayed, you know, microchipped off and, um, and vaccinated. So it's terrific. Well, now we talk about, now we gotta get them adopted. And as Brian is doing with his, his give back, which is taking these, these trainers, or, or volunteers, volunteers, turning them into trainers, we can find these dogs homes. Well, it's not that simple in Los Angeles. <laughs> Because in Los Angeles, they only have to keep dogs for not one, not two, but three days. Well, look, look, this is animal control. Yeah. It used to be five days, but with the budget crisis, they scaled it back to three days. So the dog will be held for three days. If they don't have a home and they need the room, regardless if the dog's healthy, you know, good pet, they euthanize it. So there is a Canadian philanthropist. We should get her on the line someday. Her name is Jan Folk, and actually you've heard of her because yeah. you did some work up there. I did work at the uh, Edmonton SPCA. Yep. And uh, she has she has watched this, and she's decided to do something about it where she literally, now granted she has a fair amount of money, but she has loaded 30 dogs, not once but twice, into her private 11-seat Gulfstream 3 and has flown them from Los Angeles up to Canada, where she says they will find homes between in one to three weeks. So here we are now. You know, m- most people have a, who actually have a Gulfstream 3 mm-hmm. wouldn't even consider this one. They're <laughs> usually somewhat anal retentive on what gets on that jet. And, and these are people, you know, what they're saying is that these dogs are on death row. That's what, that's, that's her, you know, contention. So, you know, I, I give her a lot of credit. So she's going out and she's, she's flying them out of there and she's bringing them up to Canada and she's finding them homes. Maybe she needs to go down south by the oil spill. Yeah, that story that, that you had about uh, a lot of people are surrendering dogs that don't have jobs. Yeah, I, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine New Orleans? I mean, first of all, you get hit with Katrina, right? That's bad enough. Right. And then, and now, yeah. go ahead. Your livelihood's gone. Yeah. And, and now suddenly you, you, if you do work on the, on the water or associate with, you know, you're, whether you're a fisherman or, you know, whatever else, that's out right now. And these people have no money. So we're, what they're doing is they're saying, I can't take care of my pets. So they're giving their pets up for adoption. And these shelters down there, I'm trying to get a hold of the people, but the shelters down there, again, are just absolutely bursting. Inundated. Inundated. Maybe we can bring some up to New England. Yeah. Let's see if we can help with that. Again, though, it's, I mean, these people in New Orleans, it's like they need a break. Yeah. They need a break. Well, they won the Super Bowl, right, Adam? They won the Super Bowl last year. So that was their, at least they got that, but they need more than that. So, so. I was uh, watching Animal Planet, who would think. Um, anyway, they have this series called uh, Fatal Attraction. People always ask me that. Do you watch Animal Planet? And I say I'm not. And I will never tell. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Absolutely, I enjoy it. It's some good segments. Yeah. So and what this was were people who get different types of animals and have this fantasy that they're going to work out for them. So they had this one woman who had two chimps. And with chimps, when they're babies, they're very cute and very human-like. As they grow up, they get to be more and more dangerous. And in fact, there's research that there was an article I was reading today 
that what they do is MailChimps will basically pack up, design a strategy, and then attack other chimps in other territories. Well, that same behavior goes with people. And you, that horrendous chip, chimp attack that was in Connecticut. Yes. You know, these aren't pets. No. You know, and there's no way to keep them as pets. So as far as people getting them, I know what they're getting out of it. I'm wondering what the chimps are getting out of it besides all too often being killed. Well, how do you find one? How do you go about finding a chimp? On the Internet? I mean, it's yeah. a black market for chimps. And not all states ban them. Oh. I think she was in Montana. You know, and this is this should be banned. You know, there is no question about it. This is dangerous for the community. In fact, the, one of the chimps, um, the, this couple, and the guy was torn up terribly by the chimp, gave the, their chimp to a rescue, and four of the chimps got out, and they started hunting them down. They attacked this guy. No. You know, the cops came in. They had to shoot two of them. So it's just not a good idea. No. And then... They go on to a guy that was living with seven monitor lizards. They're like six feet long. You know, razor sharp teeth in a studio apartment. And get this. <laughs> Wait a minute. They're not in cages. <laughs> is this a true story? I, this is a true story. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, we all are listening and listeners are listening, and you can see the visual of the studio apartment. Seven monitor lizards just walking around. Maybe this guy thought he was a lizard. You know, he could live with them. Well, what's, inter- talk with them. what's interesting is people who do this are usually isolate. Who would think? You want to come over for dinner? I'll just put the lizards away. Right. Um, either that or you may be dinner. Right. So as far as doing this. But what happened is one of the lizards bit them. And it's not unusual that they have a lot of uh, different bacteria in their mouths. So this guy got sick. They found him five days later. And since he didn't know anybody, really, the jo- his job was calling to see what was going on because he wasn't showing up. But it was just gruesome. Oh, gosh. You know? So. Our number this morning is one eight 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 four four one nine eight seven six. And you, this is Great Pets Radio. You know, what a week weather-wise. Wasn't it beautiful? Stunning. Yeah. I mean, here we are in June, and uh, it, it just seemed like it was August. We're not, we're not even the beginning of summer yet. And we were just getting temperatures into the 90s. Well, Bedford Pool was just phenomenal yep. the day I came up. There is, you know, whenever we start getting hot weather, we need to talk about heat stroke in dogs. And we need to talk about what you can do to prevent heat stroke in your dogs. Because it is preventable. It is foreseeable if your pet begins to show signs of it. And I want to talk about that when we come back. And don't forget, 4th of July is coming up. If your pet reacts, if your dog is losing its mind, give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? For all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and the author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets for your free audiobook. 
Hello! I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines, religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim with Brian. And our number is one 888 Four one nine eight seven six. You know, and having gone through a beautiful week this week, where God, it was hot. It got me thinking about heat stroke again. Um, tomorrow, ninety tomorrow. Yeah, ninety four. Yeah. They're calling for. Yeah, and so I want to just give the you know the listeners a little bit of an idea what to look for, what to do, and how to prevent heat stroke. And it's it's kind of simple. And I guess the first thing is, if your dog does get it, what do you see? What is heat stroke? Well, heat stroke is where the temperature of the body goes so high that the, the blood pressure just starts to drop and you can die. You know, your temperature just goes skyrocketing high. The breeds we see it most commonly, Brian, are what we call the brachycephalic breeds. Bulldogs? Bulldogs. So what's a normal temp on a dog? Pug. Let's keep going. Mastiff. Any other? Boxer. Boxer. Shih Tzu. Right. There's a common... Lhasa. Very good. There's a commonality between all of these. Dog de Bordeaux. <laughs> but they all share something. And they share a very squished face. And the reason why these dogs are prone to heat stroke, if you own one, is because the way a dog dissipates heat from its body is through its mouth, breathing. And if they and, are, and the pads of its feet, to a certain extent. To a very small extent, the pads of their feet. But primarily, it's out the mouth. So if you have a compromised breathing system to begin with, not necessarily compromised, right. but not as good as a lab who can just kind of open up and go, you know, and try to get that out, you're, you know, so you're one of those high-risk dogs. And the big thing is that we're going to talk to a little bit about, you know, if your dog does suffer from heat stroke, what's it going to do? It's going to start to get really, really, like, tired. And you'll be walking with it on a walk or um, outside on a hike, which you shouldn't do on days that are that hot. You just shouldn't do it. That's the biggest thing, Brian. Don't do it. I mean, I'm sorry if I'm getting animated on this, but... Well, the same thing with cars. Yeah, I saw this, this, this other thing today. It was called Pet Gear, How to Help Keep Dogs Cool on Hot Days. Oh, well, that's a cool thing. And they have these collars that you can put on the dog. All of these things have water, and the water can... You know, dissipate some, uh, whether it, it kind of is cold or it kind of shoots out. But my feeling is, don't if. They should wear these in the house where they should be. They, if you need one of those on your dog, then you shouldn't have your dog it, outside on a hot day. It, it, it may help, but if it's a, in the 90s and you're hiking with your dog, more than likely that's not going to stop. Brian, the stakes wow. are way too high for, for, for with heat stroke, and heat stroke can lead to death. I've seen it, and it's terrible. So, the, you know, a lot of people will take them for hikes in the morning. They'll say, oh, well, you know, we'll go early morning. We'll go like 7 because it's not going to get 90 till like 11. But guess what? At 7 a.m. in the morning, Brian, it still can be 75, 80 degrees. A little muggy. It's all it takes. 
So, you know, we just want to go really, 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 really slow on that. So one of the things you're going to see is you're going to see dogs that are stumbling, they're weak, and they fall down. If it happens, immediately you must get your dog to a vet if you can. They talk about ice packs. We don't want to ice our dogs down. <laughs> it is actually not in the idea. When you put ice on the skin, your vessels will what's called vasoconstrict. We don't want that. They'll close. Yes. We right. don't, yes. So cool water, not cold. Yes. The best thing you can do if you don't have a little swimming pool, just take towels and, and soak them in, in cold water and then put them around the dog, especially, as you said, the pads of the feet where they can dissipate heat and the belly. Right, where there isn't a lot of hair or fur. Yeah. You know, uh, it was a couple of years ago I attended the uh, SPCA's um, uh, walk fest. Got there within five minutes. I just showed up and somebody was like, quick, run. I go, yeah. what? Yeah. <clears throat> and it was a mastiff who was doing the, the walk on a hot day. Right. Sure enough, it started to go into heat stroke. Temperature, the heart rate was up to 160, and tired and everything else. And we have Karen on the line. Hey, Karen. Hello. How are you? Good, how are you doing? Good. Did you vote? Did I vote on what? Oh, for you. Yes, I voted for you. <laughs> okay. It's not for me. It's for the dogs. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just carrying the message. This is about the dogs. So thank you for voting. Yeah. And you saw Cochico in there, right? Yes, and it's actually on our website, so people can vote on our website. Oh, cool. And what's that website? CVHSonline.org. Okay, so what do you have uh, in store for us today? Um, well, I have a little boxer mix named Kyle. Um, he's eight months old, already neutered, and he's just a lot of fun. He's a lot of energy, very sweet, kind of shy at first, uh, but once you get him outside, he's a great dog. Okay. Uh, what type of house are you looking for? Boxers are pretty active. He's Yeah, he's got a little bit of Bounce. fire to him. <laughs> yeah. So he probably would be good with it, um, either some children in the household to keep him busy. Um, he does seem to like children, and you know, or someone that will run or walk with him or something. He just he does like a lot of outdoor activity. Okay. What about other dogs, Karen? Good, other dogs. Good he with lot. Yeah. Good with other yeah, dogs. He's, Kids. He's good. Yeah. He's out in a play group with a few other dogs around his age. Um, he's a little overwhelming for the older dogs here, but does really well with his age group. What's his name again? Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. Okay. A little overwhelming for the older dogs. They're appalled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> who, who, who thought body contact was a sport? Who is this dog? Some, I know, right? So, sometimes it's good to get the older ones in there, though. You know, get them yeah. I like the older ones. You know, puppies. I'm, I'm past my puppy yeah. days. Hey, what about cats? Cats were doing pretty well. Um, we have a promotion going right now because of Adopt a Cat Month, and all of our cats fees are reduced for the month. Um, we have about 100 at the moment, so lots to choose from. Oh, nice. But you're down on numbers. From last week, yes. Yep, we had a good adoption week. That, that is great. Yeah. So so it's Adopt-A-Cat week or month, you said, month. Karen? Adopt-A-Cat month, June. where the fees are reduced. Yes. Beautiful. And how do people uh, get a hold of you or, or go see Kyle today? Um, they can come on down here until 4 o'clock or call 749-5322. All right. Great job, Karen, as usual. Thanks so much. And go vote again. Yes, I will. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Have a good one. Take care. If, you, if you're just tuning in, um, and Brian's referring to Oprah's television show that she's putting out, and we are all trying to get Brian on that television show. Wait a minute. We're not trying to get Brian on. Brian's not the issue here. What I want to get on is really getting a program going about shelter dogs. You know, people don't realize when you go to some place like Cochico, 
You know, every cage is filled. The amount of money that it takes to maintain an organization and care for these animals. You know, these animals, a lot of them come from the community. We need to get the community involved. And one of the most blessed events in my life is learning how giving and how good people are. There are a couple of really great people that volunteer at Gachico Valley that has been through the training course. We need to do it. We need to say, okay, you put a, a social animal, isolate it, stimulate it, limited its exercise, you're going to drive it insane. If we have shelters, we really need to take a different approach to give these dogs a fair shake. I tell you, you know what would be a very interesting, which I would watch and I would enjoy, would be if you could focus on an, an X number of dogs, right? And we, we get to know this dog that you're working with over a few weeks. So each week we turn in, tune in and we see, wow, this dog started off doing, like was like this, and each well, week... Well, you, you have something like Kyle, you know, yeah. who's bouncing off the ceiling, and he's never had relationship. He hasn't had any training. So, you, oh, you know this dog? What, yeah, well, I know the type of dog. Right. So it's not just me, but it's the volunteers who are working with the dogs. And then most people who adopt a shelter dog, they bring it home, they unclip the lead, they go, have at it. You're home. I don't know. But that's, that's, that's my point. It would be good theater to see what, if you took a dog like Kyle, for three weeks we watched you get some, you know, some, some, you know, good, good training with him. And then we look at him in his new home. True story. Um, during one of the programs at a shelter, the executive director walks up because we have this, uh, it looked like a pit bull mix, who's spanky, who was really a handful. And he's mauling the volunteers and grabbing the lead and really difficult. And she looks at him, she looks at me because they were d- processing 15,000 animals a year. She looks at me, she goes, I don't like that dog. He's not going to be around long. And I just looked at her and, hope, hope, give me a week. So we worked with him for the week. We bring him back out. She looks at me. She goes, I don't believe this. He gets adopted. He's still in the same home. You know, where before they didn't have the resources to take a dog like this and turn him around. He's turned into a great pet. The people who adopted him love him. They took him to obedience class because we do have to work with the dog, the other half of the new owners. But what a difference it made in this dog's life. Have a dog, every time you show up at the house, when you walk... It comes up and it mouths your fingers. It doesn't bite, but it literally will put your fingers in its mouth. Right. And it's not so pushy, like it's not like pushing you over, but definitely but it's, it's, it's in, your, in your space. I'm a little uncomfortable with Okay, the, di- this is the Brian barometer. Yeah. Who else on the planet can do this? You know? Yeah. Uh, but watch what, out for Ruth. She likes to put her, your fingers in her mouth. She's not going to bite you, though. You know. Don't invite Ruth over. But one of the things. But, but why is this dog doing this, though? Why is usually it's the hunting breeds. This is a lab. Dob- this is a Doberman. The Dobie do- is doing it. Yeah. He wants to get attention. No, I'm sorry. It's a Rottweiler. It's not a Dobie. Oh, so that that must make for some cleaning bills. Um, you know, most people are used to their own dog. If I'm going up to a house with a Rottweiler and he comes up and he takes his, my fingers in his mouth. It's not the most comfortable feeling. No. I, I think he's confused. But it's a routine that keeps going on and on and on and on. Right, because they haven't taught him an alternative behavior. Okay. I would teach him to get a Kong or have a toy there, tell him to get his toy, and let him get a lot of attention when he gets the toy. When he, when he's doing the finger routine, I just have people fold their arms and turn away from him and go, you know what, you're not getting attention with this. Right. But this is where the owners need to intercede. This is not up to the dog. Mm-hmm. And the owners may like it because it scares the daylights out of people. That is, wouldn't be the first time I've encountered that. Oh, he won't do anything. Oh, great. I'm going to take your word on it. My mouth is in the Rottweiler's, 
you know, my hand is in the Rottweiler's mouth. I'm comfy. You know, and this is where you need to, because the thing is, if somebody overreacts to that, not everyone likes dogs. A lot of people have been bitten. You know, when the dog goes to do that, they may just go, ah, and you're going to get a problem. So it's something that needs to be changed. Hey, when we come back from break, I want you to uh, try to think about this. If, if you have a dog at home that becomes restless, pacing, it cowers, it, it's salivating, drooling, refuses food, vomiting, running away, um, just trembling, what do you think might be going on? We come back after break. I want to tell you what's going on. It's Dr. Jim with Brian. You listen to Great Pets Radio. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsing Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Great Pets. I'm Brian Commons with Dr. Jim McKiernan from the Great Bay Animal Hospital. And we're talking about pets. Now, uh, you know, do, do, you, do you have a dog that flips out Fourth of July? Thunderstorms? You know, thunderstorms, but Brian, I think we, I'd like to give some advice because we are coming into, and we should do it again next weekend as well, the fourth, the fireworks. Yeah. Uh, you know, first of all, like, the thing that uh, I think of, and I know the Great Bay Kennel, where, where I see a lot of stuff, are very good at this, but if you do, if you are traveling next weekend and you're leaving your dog, make sure you let them know. <laughs> You know, because there's nothing that kennel people can do. They're like, I don't know what to do. Oh, right. You follow me? You leave the dog in the kennel and you go, oh, and by the way, he flips out with fireworks or thunderstorms. Or or maybe think twice. Maybe you need to have a person there. But it's very sad. Dogs can hurt themselves. But the big thing, Brian, and I think you can attest to this, is that there are severities. You can have a dog that just mildly just gets, oh, you know, the noise just kind of freaks me out. And then you get the dogs who will leap out the window. They'll go through the window. Like the, you know, the the lion from the Wizard of Oz. I mean, true, ba-boom, right through the window. It happens. The lion from the Wizard of Oz. Remember the Wizard of Oz? He ran down, he ran through the window and jumped through it. You don't remember that, do you? <laughs> no. Adam, Adam's were nodding his head, so. Oh, okay. All right, but anyways, 
Um, so <laughs> if you have a dog... Where do you get these analogies? If, if, if you have a dog, one of the things you don't want to do is don't, don't just discount it. Don't look at your dog and say, oh, it will go away. It's okay, right? He's gonna. It won't. Just, just don't worry about it. It's just him. No, don't, don't discount it. It's, it needs to have attention put towards it. And one of the things you can do is you can, with those type of dogs, is to start. This is where you would come in, which is obedience training, right? Confidence building and desensitizing. Yes, but, but get them to the point. And you don't. The other thing you don't want to do with these like mild cases is to say, oh, it's okay. You know, come here, hold, hug well, it, That's a very human emotion. The first thing people want to do is console. Yes. It's okay, it's okay. Get and, up in the bed with me. Right. And, come here. And from the dog's point of view, going, I thought I was frightened before, but she's telling me I'm right. right. I should be scared witless. Yes. So as far as reassuring them is really going to make matters worse. The other thing I like to tell people, you know, early in the morning, especially with the heat, but the more exercise you can give your dogs yes. for that weekend, the better. That's a tough one, Brian. And they, and they, I have a great little um, thing in front of me here. And they do talk about exercising your dog regularly before the upcoming thunderstorms. A lot of us don't know when they're going to come. Yeah. And they come, we, you know. And this, and this is also where make sure you have identification on your dogs. Some dogs, they get here loud, boom, they're taking off to the hills. Make sure that they're microchip. And they have a tag. Yeah. Now, one of the things I talk about, Brian, is, is creating a safe and calm environment for your dog. Even you know, even a a crate, if you can get them comfortable in the crate, you know. It's, it, and the other thing with the crates, especially if you wire crate, cover <laughs> it with a sheet or a blanket. And then what? I mean, what else? Can well, we one, do? it muffles the noise. Okay. And two, that you know, cave type of feeling makes the dog feel much more secure. Okay, and then right. do you should you start feeding your dog in the crate? Should, what else can you do to make the crate this desirable place? Do you, um, I don't know, toys. You can put toys in there. You can put you know like a Kong and stuff that with peanut butter. I mean, and also what the biggest mistake people make with crating their dogs is not crating their dogs. So a situation arises going, oh, you're going in the crate. You know, it's Fourth of July. The dog goes, uh-oh, incoming. Right. It's a bad thing. You know what I do with the dog if they're not comfortable with the crate? I'll leave the crate door open. I'll just go past there and throw really tasty treats in there, whether it's a little piece of hot dog, a piece of chicken. Let the dog go in and out where he, there's a positive connotation with that. And then you can gradually build on that. Once the dog's going in and out comfortably, then link a word to it, bed or kennel. And then you go and reward him again, and then slowly close the door for a couple of seconds, then let him out, and gradually build on that. But you can't do it as, okay, he reacts to thunderstorms or fireworks, and then try to do that. There are some dogs that will really flip out and hurt themselves in a crate. You know? Yes, and and that's that's not a good thing because it's, it's kind of like separation anxiety dogs. You're in trouble if that really happens. And one of the things, if I see a dog start and go, uh-oh, what was that noise? I'm going to throw a party. I mean, chicken and hot dogs are going to be flying around where the dog goes, uh, I'm not sure. Well, look at this. Yes. This is good news. And that really helps. And what you're doing is you're, you're, you're actually, that's another way of, of encouraging confidence in your dog to say, hey, you know, we can be like this. Hear that big noise? Yeah. Woohoo! Well, what's incompatible with fear? Laughter. Yeah. You know, if you're laughing, going, this is a great time, the dog's going to go, no, I'm really frightened, and you're laughing and throwing treats around, the guard going, maybe I'll buy into it. 
you know, you may think he's crazy, but he's not. He's right, you're buying, you're right on the money with this. And if you have friends who have dogs who are thunderstorm phobic and, or fireworks, and they're listening, tell them that. Because so much of what these dogs do is they play off us. And if they say that we're like, oh my God, grab them, cuddle them, get up in the bed, we all hide, we all shake, your dog's gonna get worse. Alright. But there are some dogs that really have severe reactions to them. And with those types of dogs, I like drugs. Well, that's, that's the, that's the bottom line, is that there are, this is all great. I mean, you know, it, this can go into a little bit of, you know, dilated pupils, salivating, drooling, not eating, you know, they'll, licking, they'll, licking, they'll pace, they'll just go up and down, they're clinging very long. You know, mo- most people, I think, know their dogs well enough. If they really look, the mouth is going to be closed. There's going to be that wide-eyed look. There's going to be a lot of stress in that forehead. Yep. That's all signs that the dog's telling you that, okay, incoming, I'm really starting to react to this. And if they have a crate that they're already comfortable with, we go use it. If you throw a party, like Brian was saying, this is where you can get, you know, you can introduce that. But if you've got a dog that is beyond this, where they're going to go through the window, as you said, drugs. And yes, drugs do have a place here. You know, the drug we, need abs- a, we need a caveat here. What's that? Not your own drugs. You know, if people have Valium or Xanax or something, you need to go through your vet. Yes. You want to calm your dog. You don't want to kill your dog. Correct. You need to have a conversation with your veterinarian because there are lots of different medic- medications that you can use. Um, See, one of the ones I really dislike is acepromazine. Mm-hmm. Right, and the reason I don't like acepromazine, which used to be used widely, and I think that's with, changed. With thunderstorm dogs. With dogs, yes, yeah. that are highly stressed, it disinhibits biting. Yeah. So if the dog is really stressed out and you go to handle it, because of the drug, it may go defensive. Mm-hmm. So as far as talking about different drugs that are going to work, the uh, call to your veterinarian is absolutely a must. Yep. I mean, you can the, 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 uh, a cousin of the uh, Valium. Is probably the best one to use, but there's two forms of it. One where you there are some dogs like who get all revved up when they hear the rumblings in the, in the out in the you know way out. Fireworks or thunderstorms? Both. And then wait, then wait a minute, but there's a difference with thunderstorms because the change in barometer or pressure or the magnetic fields right. that will trigger some dogs. It's not just the noise. But anyway, what's the name of this drug? Um, well, there's two. We're going to go to break. I come back. I'm going to tell you a little bit about both of them. But uh, I, you're right. Ace Palmazine is not one we recommend anymore. And also because dogs override it. They get so freaked out, the drug doesn't even work. Right. You're listening to Great Pets Radio with Dr. Jim and Brian. Our number is 888. <laughs> go to break, Jim. <laughs> we'll be back after this break. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. 
Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From speed drawing and mushing to racing, agility, and competition. This is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim with Brian. And uh, we want you to vote today. Don't vote for Brian. Vote for the dogs. Brian, I hope you get this. I hope the dogs get this. This would be terrific. So do I. You know, we go all over the country with different shelters, what the problems are, and how we can help really resolve them. For well, the- one more time, can you give a website to give people the or what what we are trying to accomplish here? Um, Cochico Valley Humane Society, CV, uh, HS, HS, .org. Online. Oh, online. .org. Dot org. Okay. It's right on their website, so they can see the segment and vote. Yep. So please do. The other thing I was thinking, you know, Dr. Lee Garrett, mm-hmm. um, the uh, Veterinary Center for Emergency mm-hmm. and yep. Critical in Care in Newington. You should have the number written down. You should have it on your fridge, you know, especially with fireworks, because people get hurt with fireworks. But, you know, you throw a cherry bomb, a lab doesn't know it's a cherry bomb. So keep your dogs indoors. But if you do have an emergency between heat, thunderstorms, and fireworks, this is a weekend to make sure that you have that emergency care clinic's number available. Actually, their number is (coughs) 431-3600. Four three one thirty six hundred. Yeah, one of the things we don't do on Great Pets Radio is that we don't treat pets. We don't we don't prescribe medications. We talk about them, and we talk about we help people diagnose things. We give different thoughts of ways they can do it, and we'll recommend they see a veterinarian. But when we talk about what medicines to use for thunderstorms, uh, two come to mind. One is called clomipramine, and it's actually a cousin of Prozac. Right, but that takes 30 days to takes, kick in. Yeah, that's that's for those dogs that just, every year, that just gets so, it's a, just a, a brutal summer to be with. Anyways, that's for the distant rumblings, but the big bangers overhead, the fireworks dogs or the big thunderstorms overhead is Alprazolam. And that's my drug of choice, and a lot of, a lot of vets are recommending those, one or both of those. Alprazolam? So, Alprazolam, yes. Okay. So, so anyways, you may that. want to write that down and talk to your vet about it. Yeah, give a call and talk to him about it, Moshi. Yeah, so you know exactly what you may need to have there. And again, make sure your pet's identified either with, with a tag and preferably a microchip. I still, I don't, I wish I could do it. I wish I could meet somebody who has done it, but you'll still get online and you'll read and they'll say, oh, you can put on loud, new, you know, white noise during these thunderstorms. You can, Put on a music or a tape of a thunderstorm 
they just don't no, work. No, <laughs> each, each dog is really different. And the thing, what I said before, with especially with thunder, thunderstorms, with the magnetic field changes and the pressure changes, yep. that I many th- times will trigger a dog because it tells the dog a storm's moving in. I think that's it more than anything else because you can go out and you can buy this thing and, and you can crank that Sony. One, one thing is they do have a wrap that has been successful with some dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, one size doesn't fit all in life on the whole. So what works with one dog may be an unmitigated failure with another one, but some people have had really uh, good results with the wraps. So you can go online and look at those, thunderstorm wraps. What I like is calming music. I'd put something on that's really uh, relaxing. No ACDC? No. Actually, they, they they did that with cows, where they put um, rock and roll, and they, they they compared rock and roll, you know, R and B, right, um, classical music, and, and classical, and, and then during a lactating, how much milk so they can get. That's what happened. That's how we got chocolate milk. <laughs> we got a freak out. <laughs> we got more milk from from classical music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. Every, have a great week, everyone. Take care of those pets this weekend, especially coming up. We'll be back live next Sunday. I'm Brian Kilcommons with my co-host, Dr. Jim McKiernan from the Great Bay Animal Hospital. Have a safe and healthy week. Remember, tomorrow's in the 90s. Keep your pets home. They shouldn't be in the cars. Take care. You've been listening to the Great Pets Radio Show. Join Brian and Dr. Jim next Sunday for more informative pet talk. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.